This is Chicago's College Tailgate. Tailgate. Shane Norley and Tyler Ackie. Shane and Tyler on ESPN Chicago. Welcome in to Chicago's College Tailgate, the podcast edition here on ESPN Chicago. This podcast episode is brought to you by Twin Peaks. We are excited to have week zero in the books, week one in the look ahead now. We have a lot of great matchups this weekend. We've got great matchups uh, during the week as well. Florida and Utah uh, square off on this Thursday. We also have, Shay, our first show oh, yeah. to announce as well. September 2nd, 10 to 11 a.m., we will be on the air with you guys talking all things college football, getting you ready for week one. Usually the show is going to be 9 to 11, but that doesn't start until October for us. Also, we will have a watch party for everyone as well. September 9th. Let me pull up the details on that real quick. But first, this is going to be your first time out and about with the people because you Mr. Football Shay Norling decided he didn't want to go to Football Fest. Decided. Decided he didn't want to go to Football Fest right. and, yeah, and decided, decided to dodge the people. So you got to explain yourself here early on. Yeah, I decided because I had to do pre and post on White Sox. That was my decision. I decided I wasn't going to go to Football Fest. Work, Tyler, decided I wasn't going to go to Football Fest. This whole narrative. You could have hosted I didn't from Football Fest. Hosted White you Sox could, pre and post? We could have set you up. How am I going to do an appropriate post game of the entertainment value that is White Sox and A's from Football Fest? I'm just saying we could have set you up, got you a little TV. Do you know what? I had, I had the worst FOMO. All because I'm looking at the Instagram stories. People are at Football Fest. They're having a good time. And I decided to miss it so I could watch the White Sox play the fucking A's. Yeah, I decided. Decided. Mr. Football, dodging the people once again. You know All what? Right. I had a job to do. White Sox pre and post, a very important thing around here. But I will tell you, the last thing I wanted to miss Football Fest for is the fucking Oakland A's. All right. If you do want to see Shay and myself as well, we will be out and about Saturday, September 9th from 1.30 to 3.30. We will be at O'Sullivan's Public House watching college football with you. So come hang out, talk football, watch football, have some drinks. We'll have a good time out there. Looking forward to that. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Cannot wait. So join us, O'Sullivan's does, Public House. Does that rivalry have a name, Iowa-Iowa State? Uh, I believe it does. I'm trying to remember. Uh, it's the, the Cyhawk. Okay, that's rivalry. right. Mm -hmm. I yes. kept thinking like it doesn't have anything. Cyhawk's pretty good. Border war is a little better. Civil mm -hmm. war is a little better. I love a good civil war. Anytime yep. you get a war. Mm -hmm. By the way, it, it, let's bring back shootout. Bring back shootout. It's clear nothing's changed from changing <laughs> the sh uh, shootout to showdown. Let's just bring back shootout. So sounds cooler. I, I think that is a a sub Mason Dixon line uh, rivalry though. Shootouts like you got to think like Wild Wild West. Yeah. So like West, West especially like mm -hmm. Texas, Oklahoma is perfect. Yes. A any, any big 12, I give you the permission to use the shootout because West there's Virginia. a lot of offense. <laughs> West Virginia. Sure. Why not? <laughs> the, the Western vibes of Appalachia. I, I will say I do love the, the backyard brawl as well. Pitt, West Virginia. That's a backyard great brawl. Rivalry. That's a great, that, that's what, like one of my favorite rivalry names. That too. was week one Saturday last year, yes, right? And mm -hmm. they, it, that's a big 12 ACC it was, matchup. They don't play a ton anymore. It was a Thursday too, wasn't what it? What a game that a was. Friday. I think it was a Thursday night. It was a weekday. Pitt, West Virginia. And it was a one score. It was an excellent game. Yes. I God, what, what a great time. I'm so looking forward 
to a full slate now that we're through the mostly bullshit that was week zero <laughs> and we can get on to some real football this weekend. I am, I am elated. All right. So let's start with the team that has playoff aspirations. And that is the USC Trojans putting a thumping on San Jose state 56 to 28, not covering though. Booster's not going to be too happy about that one, but USC, the offense is there. The defense still is not, especially in that first half. San Jose State could move the ball on that team. Got a little bit better in the second half, but this, I think, I don't want to make sweeping judgments off of a single game, especially a week zero game, but that, that's not a playoff team. That is not a playoff team in USC because of that defense. That may not be even be a top 10 team because of that defense that we saw on display. With how many good teams and quarterbacks there are in the Pac-12, that's not going to hold up. You're going to have to win games in the high 40s and low 50s, maybe even the 60s, if you're going to want to go out there and win the Pac-12. And to be clear, they are a team that can do that. Yes, and certainly. The problem is... and but can I know, you do that 11 more times? Well, specifically, times. can you do it one time? Because the Pac-12, to me, there's not a team, maybe Oregon drags you into a bit of a mud fight, but the one they got to watch out for, and Chris Black's talked about this a ton, is Utah will punch you in the mouth. Mm -hmm. It's a Kyle Whittingham defense, one of the best in the country. Questions on the offensive side, but are you going to be able to get Utah into a game where you can win in a 40-50 point game? Last year, we saw it twice. Like, on the road at Utah, couldn't hold off the Utes late with kind of a weird game, but mm -hmm. the, the late comeback and the Kyle Whittingham two-point conversion couldn't hold off Utah. And then in the Pac-12 title game, you couldn't tackle anybody. And it's like, does this team, have they heard of an Oklahoma drill? Do they not tackle they at all rap. in camp? Do they, they do anything? They got because, Big 12 vibes to them with the way that they, they tackle. Yeah, like and they got big a Big 12, 12 defensive coordinator and Alex Crinch. Big 12 tackling syndrome is what I like to call it. If you're Lincoln Riley at this point, Alex Grinch, get out. Thank you very much. Pack the bags sure and get gonna, the F out. Are you sure he's going to even get a thank you? I don't think he deserves a thank you with the it's, way the defenses have performed. This is the biggest mistake of Lincoln Riley's life. And I saw this. I can't remember where it was. So apologies crediting whoever had this. But it is feeling more and more like Lincoln Riley wants to prove he never made a mistake. Everything he's done is correct. Alex Grinch is a great hire. One of your pals. Keep him around. Bring him with you from Norman to Los Angeles. And the same problems where the defense doesn't wrap, you get gashed in passing games. You've got San Jose State going for four tuds on you. Like, at a certain point, Lincoln Riley's got to be able to admit this was a poor hire. It something happens a lot in the college game, too, I think, where head coaches are supremely loyal to their friend coordinators. But that like, loyalty does reach a boiling point when you start getting blame for the shit that they're right. not taking care of. And that's what's going to happen this season. Like, USC's entering the year sixth in the country. You've got the Heisman favorite. You're the favorite to win the Pac-12. You have very decent odds to make the playoff. Everybody's kind of expecting that next jump. And then the added narrative that is this Lincoln Riley's last year at USC mm -hmm. because if Mike McCarthy gets canned, is he going to coach the Cowboys next season? Like, all of that kind of adds up to... Riley's going to have a lot of pressure on his shoulders from the power brokers in Los Angeles at USC. Things are going to have to get right on the defensive side of the ball, or it's going to be problems. And if, you know, if you're out anyway, then maybe you don't care, but 
I feel like you're right in that the blame is now shifting. It's not just, boy, Alex Grinch sucks. It's Lincoln Riley sucks for keeping this guy around. Right. And Maybe this, we see a little shift. And this is a problem that had to be cleaned up in the offseason. Not even yeah. in the offseason. This had to be cleaned up in January. Yeah. Right? And that's you've let it get to this point now because you can't bring anyone in midseason that's going to be some magic elixir for this defense. I don't even know if you can bring anyone in that makes things significantly better or even better to a degree. You just got to hope you can hold serve with a terrible defense and that the offense is that good. It, it kind of like, it almost feels Shanahan-like to me. The, like I feel like there's an arrogance to Kyle Shanahan where he can win with any offense. Yep. He can win with any quarterback. And Lincoln Riley may be at that point now where it's like, I don't care how bad the defense is. My offense is so effing good that maybe I can go out and win and I can take down whoever's in my way in the Pac-12. Well, especially with a Heisman caliber quarterback. That might work for now, but wait until like maybe you get to the playoff and I have a future on them to win a national title and I'm not moving off of that after one game. Like I'm not to the point where I'm reacting and saying this isn't a playoff team, but I am a little bit hesitant because I thought the defense would be better than it looked on Saturday night. Um, this might work for you and you might win the Pac-12 and you might make a playoff. But if you got to go up against a Georgia or a Michigan or an Ohio State with a Jim Knowles, really talented defense, yeah. LSU, I know there's some questions in, the, in the secondary, but an FSU team, like some of these teams are going to body bag you. And they aren't Utah with a half-assed offense. They also have high-flying offenses mm-hmm. with the exception of maybe Michigan. Yeah, like. But- but Michigan still has an elite running game. Right. So it's, And that running like you can run on these guys run all, all over day. USC. So yeah, like Donovan Edwards, he's still running. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like so I, I don't know. It could work through the Pac-12 and get you to a playoff spot, but I'm a little hesitant when you go up against the big boys and you get into that final four that you've got a shot. I don't even know if it's going to work in the Pac-12 because of the caliber of quarterback. Like you're going to win that, shootouts, right? You're going to win shootouts in this conference because you have the horses. But at the same time, can you win it five or six times like that? I don't know if you can. Uh, inevitably, you're going to get tripped up in some of that. You go into a road environment and things don't break your way. You're going to have those type of games. You're going to lose some games 48 to 45 because your defense just can't hold on for that much yeah. longer. Well, and that's where like Oregon with a Dan Lanning defense Utah with a Kyle Whittingham defense, two teams that are built in the trenches, that are physical, that are big, that are going to try to bully you, that won't let you run, that'll play man coverage, they'll put their guys on islands. Those are the teams that scare me the most for USC because if you end up with empty drives and you can't stop them, that's where you're in trouble. Like, I think they can hang in a race with Washington, with... I'm going to talk to you about Washington a little bit when we get to the Friday game or uh, some of these other games too. Might be actually a next week pod, um, but I want to have a conversation about them. Some of these Pac-12 teams, I think USC can win and attract me, but it's the Oregon and the Utah that scare me because they're so physical up front and they want to play defense. Yeah. Oregon State. Or- I was gonna, just going to say Oregon State too. Could Where is that game this year? I got to see where that game is, but... Um... They might not play. Let's see. Uh, okay, yeah, they do not play this year. Um, but yeah, that that's that's another... T- okay, so you won't have to deal with that, but Oregon State's a team that... Okay, let's say you meet up in the Pac-12 championship. Notre Dame. USC's got to go to South Bend. I mean, that... Notre Dame looked good. Yeah. I get it's Navy, but mm-hmm. Notre Dame looked pretty good against Navy. Yeah. That's... Yeah, I mean, listen, you're... 
going up against some of these defensive minded teams is, is there's cause for concern. I think with yeah. USC, even though you went are you, out, are you hitting the panic button? I'm not hitting the panic button because the offense is good enough to to get you certain places. But I will say, you know what? No, I I am gonna hit the panic button here because I don't think this is a playoff team after what I saw in Week Zero. I don't think it is. I just too many defensive blunders and it's simple stuff. Yeah. Simple stuff that I don't think is going to get cleaned up. I'm not there yet, but I don't blame you for being there. Like I, I'm not going to argue with you that I think Alex Grinch and that defense, there's plenty of cause for concern. Now, Caleb Williams, he was fantastic as we sort of expected in this game, um, making plays with his, I mean, it's the magic of the, what can you do on a broken play? He has the yeah. the errant snap and then picks it up and, and throws it for a touchdown. Four touchdowns in this game, 278 yards for him. Uh, one of the other revelations, true freshman, Zachariah Branch, one of the fastest guys in the country. That's going to be a lot of fun. He had the kick return touchdown in this game, but it's also, you're going to see plenty of him in the, the running and passing game as well. So they've got these dynamic players that can just be game breakers. And when you have those guys, like think about how important that, kick return touchdown was yeah that sort of swung the game into a point where i was like all right usc is going to win this game there was a little point of doubt where i was like could san jose state make this thing a game in the fourth quarter but once the kick return happened i was like all right that notion is out the window how about last week when i asked if you play in the 30 and a half with san jose state boy was that easy (laughs) oh my god instead of laying under little little dicey at the end um and, and or i guess like in the probably like late third, early fourth quarter. Cause I think didn't, uh, didn't USC get over that threshold at some point? Yeah, but you third? just, you knew the back you door the, was coming. Yeah. They can't guard anybody. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's, it's going to be one of those games. You know, what might be a, a fun betting tactic this year, fading USC live, like let them get out to like the 14, nothing lead yeah. and then play the plus 33 and a half. And maybe overs because 66 yeah. and a half, like we played the Boy, game. Was I How dummy. do you get there? Jesus. <laughs> like, <laughs> They might not be able to make numbers high enough for this team. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think, like, you you saw the live numbers. Like, that live number got into the 90s. Yeah. And, and that this is a college football game. And it was, uh, listen, they're, they're a fun brand of offense to watch, but the defense certainly leaves you with a lot to be desired there. All right, you want to move on to Notre Dame here? Sure. Because maybe the guy that stole the weekend was Sam Hartman. And I heard you talking about this on Waddle and Sylvia. Yeah. He was a guy, he came in from Wake Forest. He was a prolific player at Wake Forest. And I'm starting, I was wondering, all right, is Dave Clawson the reason why Wake Forest was good? I'm starting to think Sam Hartman may have been the reason why Wake Forest is good. You got some players who elevate programs and some coaches who elevate programs. I think it may be Sam Hartman coming in. Oh my God, you are in the overreaction bucket of all time today. What? What's Sam Hartman was fantastic at. Wake Forest. It was fucking Navy. I know, but it's like it was played in Ireland. Like you're throwing guys out of their their stratosphere here. And Sam Hartman was a damn good quarterback in the ACC, and now he's going to Notre Dame. But my thing with Sam Hartman has always been he ran that fake slow mesh option offense at Wake Forest. He wanted to get out of it. The whole reason he went to Notre Dame was so that he could be viewed as a half decent pro player. Mm-hmm. So now he's in this pro style offense and you look great against Navy, but I'm not ready to like, I'm not he saying he was the whole reason Wake Forest was good. And this incredible weekend for him. I, I got to see how Notre Dame looks against better teams. Cause I still think these, these uh, receivers are dog shit. 
But that's something where if you are a good quarterback, you can elevate. Yeah, maybe. And we'll, we'll see that. Again, it, it's Navy. I'm not saying, like, send him to New York. He's going to the Heisman ceremony. Sylvie's rubbed off on you. You want a hump. <laughs> I don't you're want a, a hump. I hate a, Notre Dame. You're a humper. <laughs> I hate Notre Dame. Notre Dame's one of my teams on my list. Notre Dame and Michigan. Don't like them. I'm not a humper. That's not me. So you're out on Wake Forest now, Thursday night? You betting um, Elon? I'm not betting Elon, no. But I, like... I don't know, like Wakefoot, ACC. Blah, like I, I'm not watching that game. No, I'm not either. Who's going to watch it? What is that? <laughs> ACC Network. It's is it be, ACC right? Network? Yeah. I think uh, my, my yeah. college roommate is actually on the call for that game. Six o'clock. And you're not going to watch Bad Friend. Bad Friend? Yeah, that's awful. Well, I'll be hosting a show here at night, and then uh, I'm going to go and, and watch Florida, Utah. Sorry, what God, do you want? Good lord, the I bar's can't wait. not going to have uh, the bar's not going to have Elon uh, and Wake Forest on. I, I, you know, the Notre Dame Navy game. I don't have a big opinion on Notre Dame because again, they played fucking Navy. Like Navy was horrible last year. I don't think they're going to be a whole lot better this year. The triple option. You, you on the topic of Navy, they fired the best coach in school history and then promoted this Brian Newberry, who's apparently a fucking moron. Like some of the plays when they actually decided to throw the football, what are you doing? Rolling a quarterback who never throws to his weak side and having two receivers run to the same spot on the field on fourth down. Why? What are you doing? The freshman kicker can't hit shit. Like it, the, 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 the we saw the the college kicker death trap in that game. Like it, my thing is, if you ever see a kicker line up, all right, and it has the the end zone camera, you're looking from an end zone view and the upright is splitting the holder and the kicker. That thing doesn't have a fighting chance to go through the uprights. <laughs> it's just, you knew when they lined up that there's no shot. There's like no 37 shot. yards too. Navy kicker. No shot. Yeah. yeah not going to do it. Um, no, I just, you know, I wasn't impressed by Navy. I think they're in for another rough year and Notre Dame, whatever. We'll wait and see. Like I've, I've seen this week one, uh, September championship with Notre Dame before. I don't need to get bothered with it again. We'll see when they actually play real opponents. That Ohio State game in October looms large. Yes. Looking forward to that. But, uh, you know, I, I don't have some huge opinion. Sam Hartman, obviously an upgrade, but I still think the skill positions, I don't know what they are. Like, Sam Hartman probably had better receivers at Wake than he has at Notre Dame right now. Here's the thing that I'll give them. They lost a similar game like this last year. Like True. early in the season, losing to Mar Marshall, Ohio Ooh. State's whatever, Maybe a worse but, game. but Marshall, you lose that game to to kick off the the Marcus Freeman experience. Like that, that's like all right. Take care of business. They yeah. certainly. I mean, you didn't just cover the spread; you blew through the spread in this game. How of, bad was Ty Buckner? Twenty oh, and a half. Gosh. So, yeah, I I look at Notre Dame. I'm. This is a step in the right direction here. They're a team that closed strong last year, and this is a, a step in the right direction. You've got a couple of. Cupcakes, and then you get Ohio State at home. So we'll see how that goes. Final week zero thought. And it actually spins into what's coming this week with week one. Mm -hmm. Have you seen, one, the average plays? I think I saw this from, it might have been Tom Fernelli. Uh, 68 and a half was the average plays ran for each team a season ago. And it was down to like 62.3. That's what the, Six the clock, full yeah. plays mm -hmm. off with the running clock. Mm -hmm. Have you seen what's happened to some of the totals for week one? Have they all dropped? These things are fucking plummeting. Not dropping. Plummeting. Really? Okay. Michigan State and Central Michigan down from 50 to 45. 
I mean, it makes sense because like you think about what football, it's not like basketball or baseball scoring where you're going one, two, three at a time. Like this is football where you're going yeah. seven at a time. So here's the thing, because I want to bring it up because we talked about it last week and I was the one that offered running clock. I didn't even see what, what was the final breakdown of overs versus unders? It might've been three and three. Okay. I know UTEP Jack state went under Navy Notre Dame went under. Uh, San Jose State, USC went over. UMass, NMSU went over. SDSU, Ohio went under. Thank you, CJ Harris. Go fuck yourself. Uh, La Tech, FIU probably went under. And then Hawaii, Vandy went over. So I think three and three is the final tally. Um, Or four and three to the under, maybe. Because I forgot FIU, La Tech even happened. Ohio, San Diego State, by the way, should have gone over. If, if it weren't for an injury. What the fuck is his name? The Maple Rourke. Missile, Curtis Rourke. If that guy doesn't fucking die three plays into the game, we are cruising to an over and an Ohio victory. San Diego State couldn't do anything. This idiot, CJ Harris. How do you, and also another thing, you've got two backs on this team going north of four yards of carry. Why the fuck are you throwing the ball 42 times? For a guy who probably has taken minimal snaps. In practices, it made no sense. I was actually, I was going to text you. I'm like, they're going to let this guy air it out 40 times in a game where he probably has taken 40 snaps all preseason. Like, what the hell was that? You're not in some track meet where you got to outpace San Diego State. They scored 20 points. It was a one possession game. You got this kid, Bangura, whatever the fuck, the running back, 65 yards on 15 carries, 4.3 average. You've got Allison, the other running back, four and a half yards a pop, and you throw the ball 40 fucking times with a backup who can't find his way out of a paper bag. Three picks, this asshole. 34.8 quarterback rating. I'm sorry. This one pissed me off while I was watching it. So I just, the fact that I brought it up briefly in the under and CJ Harris, that name popped back in my head. I didn't mean to sidetrack, but Jesus Christ, that was college football. Like multiple times last year, I had quarterbacks in games that I bet die in the first half. And you just know you're You're done. Yes. The the bet's over. Mm -hmm. That was Ohio and San Diego State. Uh, The point I was going to make about the unders is I brought this up. Now that the numbers are plummeting, I thought we might get two weeks out of this. We're not. I would be very cautious and everybody assuming we've got a slam dunk. Let's bet the unders. Because here's the other thing. Of ESPN's bottom 10 teams in America, five of them played on week zero. Interesting. And Navy-Notre Dame was one of the games that went under, where you had a triple option team. Right. Be very, very careful thinking you've got some layup bet on these unders. I'm buying back on some overs. I was going to say, you may have to buy the dip here. You may have to to zag while everyone else is zigging. I literally texted exactly that to a friend this morning, that I'm buying the dip. Yeah, I think that's the way to go. Um, I'd have to look at the totals at, at all the various games, but like, all right, like a Florida Utah game, all right, forty four and a half is the number I'm seeing right now. Like, I I look at that game and all right, you've got a defensive minded team, you've got Graham Mertz on the other side too, going against that defensive minded team. Like this could, but I still would probably lean over. Like as long as Cam, if you know Cam Rising's playing, like I would probably, I would I. I think I would feel comfortable playing it over there. Doesn't it sound like he's not playing? And again, I'm cheating because I played this this morning under 45 and a half, and it's already Mm -hmm. tanked another point. It feels like Cam Rising's not playing. Like, okay, let's have the conversation about this game because I want to talk to you about it. Wait, real quick, uh, one more thing that I want to bring up before we dive into the Thursday-Friday matchups here. What the hell is Fox doing? 
Like that the, score bug's atrocious. The, the the graphics. Who who greenlit that? That is some ESPNU bullshit that they put together. What there. is like? The, what is that? You know what's more offensive than the chalkboard logo and the sideways? Like we want to make this cool for college kids. One, it's condescending. Two. What the hell is with the caution signs when the flags come up? Why do I got to look at a it's yellow? NASCAR. It is legit NASCAR. Yeah, like, that's what you're watching. Put a goddamn stoplight on the screen then. This is college football, not the bigs, all right? I don't need these video game graphics in here. I don't just take the Fox score from the NFL and put it on the fucking football game. Yeah, like they did last Please. year. Like they did last uh, you know who has a beautiful one? The new NBC ones yeah. are fantastic. It's really oh, nice. they, ro they rolled out the red carpet for this new Big Ten package that they've got. Now, the question I have, because NBC always does things differently for Notre Dame, mm -hmm. will it be the same, same score bug for the Big Ten games? That's that's an interesting point there. I, I, I think I could get an answer on that. Because I remember NBC for years with the Notre Dame games was using the Sunday night football score bug from like 2016. And it's yes, like until yes, uh -huh. last season, they were using like an eight-year-old Sunday uh -huh. night football score. Which were still beautiful. It yeah, still great. worked. Uh, but the one I saw on Saturday, Notre Dame Navy, was excellent. And I'm yes. like, I want this on mm -hmm. all the Big Ten games. Yes. Simple, easy to follow. You could tell the possession. Mm -hmm. everything. Not too it was big. Great. Like, I know Fox is going for this initiative that everyone's watching mobily right now. So that's why you see like the big score graphic on the, the screen. Uh, stop. It's right, a lower we, third, jackass, not yeah, a lower half. Right, exactly. It's it, it's you can't see certain shit it on was, the field. I it, it was unbelievable, and it's very in your face. And if it's built for the cell phone, I'm sorry, it takes up my entire screen. Yeah. The score bug. So no, I I agree with you 100. percent All right, let's get into the Thursday and Friday matchups here. The big one, Florida and Utah. Here, the question we just brought up: Will or will not Cam Rising play in this game? Um, and then the questions on the Florida side, the quarterback there, Graham Mertz, coming in from Wisconsin. Was he held back by the Badgers, or is or is he going to actually show us something here? I'm sorry. Oh, God. Was he held back by the uh, Badgers? No, he wasn't. Because you look at some of the dink and dunk shit that he would miss week in and week out, like, no. So, on the topic of Cam Rising, the, the point spread's telling us he's not playing, right? If Rising's playing, this is 10 or 12. Six and a half feels like a Cam Rising's not going to play. Right? Don't you? Am I off? Yeah. Uh, no, you're not off. I think that's correct. But I do think that may be like a... Because if it's a backup, too, I don't think it's six and a half. Yeah. So is it like an in it, the it middle? Feels like a we cover, it feels like a cover ourselves? your ass spread. Okay. Here's the way that I'm looking at this. And I want to get your take. And I want you to tell me if I'm totally out of, out of line on it. Is I don't give a fuck. If Cam Rising plays, I'm playing Utah minus six and a half. Because if you want to sell me that Graham Mertz is walking in week one to Rice Eccles Stadium in Salt Lake at night and winning or keeping it within a touchdown of a Kyle Whittingham defense, if I lose fading Graham Mertz at Rice Eccles against a Kyle Whittingham defense, one that people are saying is the best he's ever had, all good. I'll take the <laughs> loss to Graham Mertz. So I want to play this two ways because the other thought is this game is low score. There's like, can I talk you into a world where Utah wins? Neither team gets above 24. Yeah, like Utah wins 21-13. 
maybe Utah wins 17-7. Like, it's going to be one of those kind of rock fight games, especially if Rising doesn't play. If Rising plays, I think 44.5 is certainly so in play for an over. The way I'm feeling on it is I'm going to play Utah minus 6.5, and, and I'm going to play under 44.5. I don't think there's a universe where I lose both. If this is a blowout, might go over, but I'm going to win on the Utah side. If it's a low-scoring game, I might lose the Utah side, but I'll hit the under. And there's a chance that Florida just can't fucking score, and I win both. That's the way I'm looking. At worst, I feel like I'm going one and one This is another game, too, where even if you go to overtime, you'll still have a pulse from, from a total standpoint. Yeah. I think you'll still have a pulse. What's it going to go to overtime at? 17-17? Yeah, or like 13-13. Jesus. But a real highlight game. Like, I'm excited to watch it because I think Utah could be really good. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I find some entertainment in the Graham Mertz detonation. <laughs> I find it like Billy Napier walking in and getting his ding 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 kicked and uh, Credit Greeny and uh, Graham Mertz just detonating at Bryce Eccles. I'm into it. I'm into it. The Florida, the win total is like five and a half. They could be a three and nine team. This could be a debacle, mm -hmm. and I'm into the Billy Napier get fired season. You know, a lot of Wisconsin fans are uh, are hopping on the Florida bandwagon this year. They think Grand Mertz was wronged. Take Tanner Mordecai and be fucking happy. If you're a Wisconsin <laughs> fan, are you seeing? Like, take Tanner Mordecai. Take Luke Fickle. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, if you got to be like Graham Mertz did wrong and or was wrong, then we got to. But it's one of those look, things where oh, like two things two things can be true at the same time. Like they they think that I'm apoplectic that you just said that they they think that like Graham Mertz was wronged, but at the same time, like super stoked for Tanner Mordecai yeah. and Luke Fickle. Ask me something. What do you want me to ask? Ask you? me if I'm going to root for Peyton Thorne at Auburn. <laughs> You're not. No, of course <laughs> not. What? Why do I care? Why would you... Whatever. You know what? I don't want to get bogged down it's, on that. It's I don't care. fans. This is what they do. Am I off? Are you with me? You play it two ways. You play Utah and you play the under. And I think you might go 2-0. and oh. At worst, you're going 1-1. One and one. There's no shot. You go 0-2 oh on that. I, I'm going to just play the spread. I've already played my Utah 6 and a half. All right. I'm just going to play the spread. But I will root for your under in spirit. I'm watching for the Florida time bomb detonation. That's really <laughs> the entertainment factor that I think I'm going to get out of this. Um... You want to do a little Nebraska, Minnesota? Yeah, what do you got there? Because this is another spot where I'm not going to touch the side. Minnesota seven-point favorites at home, night game in Minneapolis. The Cornhuskers' first game with Matt Rule. Mm -hmm. Heading up north, uh, the over-under 43-and-a-half. I think this is another one where the running clock, it's two teams that Running the football. people think want to run the ball. Mm -hmm. The dirty secret on Minnesota, the new quarterback, I know they lost Tanner whatever the hell. Tanner Morgan. Yeah. The new quarterback's got a better arm. I think the receivers are actually a little bit better. And I'm looking at a Minnesota program that I don't think is going to struggle quite as much as everybody expects without Mo Ibrahim. Like part of why they were such a running team was not just P.J. Fleck. It was also they had Mo Ibrahim. Right. You had one of the, what, three to five best running backs in the country. Yeah, like him, Chase Daniel, Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards, that was the group. And I think Minnesota now goes more into a sort of pass-happy offense. They're still going to want to run, but 43.5 is a crazy low number. And I also don't think Nebraska is some porous, awful, dog shit team. Like, 
they have a little bit of talent on that team. And Matt I think, Rule's been a good college coach. Before. I think these are two teams that could be a little more exciting offensively. Now, I'm not telling you this is going to be played in the 30s, but I think we can get over 43 and a half. And it's a bit contrarian. Most of the bets on the under, most of the money on the under. I'm swinging over because everybody's all in on these play counts are lowered, the running clock, all this. I think we're overreacting too much and buying back on the over on some of these. All right. Um, you want a little uh, Michigan State minute here? Do I ever? Oh, I just can't wait. Michigan State, Central Michigan, we've talked about a little bit. You lose this game, fire the coach. 14-point uh, favorites at home against Central. It's another spot. I told you this number's dropped like a rock. Um, I'm not going to touch the side. I think this game could be closer than 14 points. Like Final score here for me, Michigan State 34, Central 13, 17 in that range. It's too close for me to really get involved in the 14-point spread, but I am buying it on over 45. And Michigan State, frankly, the defense blows. It, it's going to be the third year in a row where the secondary is one of the worst in the country because they just haven't done enough to address it. And you continue to employ uh, Scotty Hazleton to run this defense. He's an idiot. Um Mel Tucker, I think, has done a horrible job for a guy who is a defensive secondary coach to have three straight years, one of a bottom five secondaries. Bad. Like, he's just, he's done a bad job. And I think Michigan State could overperform a little bit this year, but part of that is if they don't win seven games, I want the coach fired. So I go into this, Central Michigan, not great in the MAC, middle of the road team, but it's a team that, a school that's gone to East Lansing, played Michigan State and won. Um, I'm not going to get involved in a side. I like the over. This is a game I know you're waiting to explode on here. Oh, uh, Miami versus Miami. Ohio versus Florida. I got to look up the kid's name. Brett Gabbert. I believe is Blaine Gabbert's brother. There's a relationship there. I thought I saw that somewhere. Um, but he says we are going to... He says that the real Miami is in Oxford, Ohio. You are distraught. The U by 100. <laughs> Line 17. I'm, I'll lay it. I mean, I, I really... I don't know if I'm actually going to bet it, but like just almost as a joke... Fuck it. I'll bet it. <laughs> Miami minus 17 with all the talent in the world because of the NIL influx, the booster influx, and then this jackass. <laughs> Oxford is the real... Mi Get the fuck out of here. The real You're Miami... You're you, man. You are boat shoe you. That's what you are. That's all... You know what? Friday night... Today's Tuesday, all the rest of this week in the Miami locker room, there will be a sign that says Oxford, Ohio, whatever is the real Just Miami. Just put the map up there. Yeah. Just put the map. They know, pal, and they're <laughs> going to beat your ass for that comment. Are you out of your mind? We're the real Miami. What like what are you talking about? Yeah, that's that was bad. That was bad and yes, I'm I'm with you. I will I will hammer that Miami minus 17 as well. I know you've got a Stanford Hawaii thought I'd like to talk you out of, but okay. I think it's a little bit too late. Um it's not too late, but I don't think there's much you can do. I get Stanford sucks, but Hawaii they they were solid against uh against Vandy earlier this week. Who sucks? Uh but they go fly from the island to Vanderbilt. Now back to the island after a night game on Saturday and you're playing on a short week here on a Friday. Line is three and a half. It was eight and a half once upon a time. I think I'm buying it back the other way. Talk me out of it. I, I get what you're saying. I had the same thought. 
the travel for Hawaii, having to go out east back to the island. I think you negate a little bit of it when Stanford also has to travel to the island. But Stanford is traveling from Stanford, uh, the Bay Area. Right? Yeah, but like it's that- still, what is it, a four and a half, five hour flight? It's still a couple time zones. Like it's not necessarily easy. And at least Hawaii is going back home. And my other and fear. A, but here's the thing it's a 10 o'clock game. And I feel like when you're traveling west, that's not as big of a difference. I don't know. Like, do you really want to put your money on Stanford? Friday at a ten at ten o'clock. What do you what do you want me to do? The, bet baseball? Huh? Detroit what, Taylor. What, 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 do the, what do the Angels have that night? Huh? Just, you want me to bet on a bum ass Shohei Otani led team? No chance. Keep your powder dry for Saturday. There's a lot going on on Saturday. We do have that a we big wanna, Saturday. We want to get excited about. You want to get a little Michigan East Carolina action? I mean, Abdallah had the best response to both of us about Stanford and why. See how the day goes. If I'm way up. Maybe I'll just press a little bit on Stanford or hit an, a fun over, root for points, watch mm-hmm. the Pac, uh, Mountain West, excuse me, Mountain West Pac-12 After Dark uh, challenge here. Watch a little bit of that live if I have a great day and press a little. Or if I'm having a really terrible day, maybe I'll chase on it. But if I'm just like average, I'm not going to play this game because I just, you know what? I don't need to watch Stanford in Hawaii. Even as much of a D-Gen college football fanatic as I am, we are talking about Hawaii Vandy, two of the 15 worst programs. Then Hawaii Stanford, two of the 15 worst programs. I don't need to watch this. I Friday night, 10 o'clock, I'll be drunk. That's what I'll be. I'll be doing something with my wife. Who knows? I might be with you, and I'll be drunk. And I don't need to lock eyes on Hawaii and Stanford. Why not? If we're together, we're watching it. Like, you're not... You're not oh, evading yeah. it. Whatever bar we go to is going to have CBS Sports Network plastered on every TV. Oh, I I put in my my first Pac-12 Network request of the year. I was I was out last weekend and uh, the, did they have it? No, they didn't. <laughs> That's great. But I did put in my first Pac-12 Network request of the year. That felt good. Hoodie's been talking a lot about how he has it on Comcast mm-hmm. and it's standard definition, and it's something I remember when I was watching. Utah USC last year. I had to go to a bar to watch it because I don't have Pac-12. And the bar I was at was playing Pac-12 in standard definition. So that's been making me laugh in, while hearing Hoodie talk. About I love it. it. I love it. Um, there is one Power 5 matchup, but I don't think either of us really care about it. Louisville and Georgia Tech. Any strong thoughts there? I have got nothing. I got I, nothing. Louisville's sneaky good. I would say it's Louisville or pass, but I haven't done a ton of research on the game, and it's not one that I'm super intrigued in, in large part because Michigan State and Central Michigan's playing at the same time, and the Friday night Power 5 games. Georgia Tech sucks. It's another one where... Georgia Tech may be like a dead program. If you don't have to watch it, you're not going to watch it. And you're right. Because when eventually we do get the super conferences, Georgia Tech's not getting invited. Yeah. Georgia Tech might be a dead program. Like they do nothing. Nothing well. Nothing. Yeah. Um, contractually, if we want to keep this show, we do have to give a quick Kansas and Missouri State thought. Our boss, Danny Zetterman, said we will, be, we will get the axe if we don't provide a quick Kansas and Missouri State thought. Is Kansas um, playing on blue turf now, or was that like a weird fake dream that I had? I don't know, but I, I did see that uh, Jalen Daniels will be good to go. Okay. Well, I don't see a opener. spread listed on this game because they're playing, playing an FCS team. FCS Missouri State. I had a great FCS uh, betting moment last year. One of my, one of like my top, I'll, like one of my I'll never forget this betting moments last year. Um, 
I convinced Abdallah to play a Syracuse. I forget who they were playing, um, but they were playing Incarnate F- Word. They were playing an FCS team. I want to say it was Binghamton, but I don't think Binghamton has a football team. Uh, maybe it was Colgate, um, but they they stopped the game the game early. Like they agreed to play ten minute quarters in the second half, and we had an under. This thing was going uh, taking a rocket ship to the over. Uh, after the first half, it, we played like 63 or something. Why on the did under. they shorten the game? They shortened it. They agreed at halftime to shorten the, the third and fourth quarter to 10 minutes. And so our bet got void. Oh, that's, I was going to say, did you win it? <laughs> no, 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 That's no. the most it, from the clouds void ever. That's yeah, amazing. That is, a, that is what we call, friends, a push win. There are push wins and there's push losses. Yep. That's a push win. It, those typically depend on what the rest of the day looks like. <laughs> push win versus, if the day's really bad, pushes a win. If the day's great, pushes a loss. Uh, but yeah, it was like 45 nothing after the first half. That's and hysterical. On a 63, we were not winning that. Um, but then, yeah, they shortened it and it ended up being like 61 to nothing or something like that. That's great luck for you. That's <laughs> it unbelievable. It was unbelievable. But yeah, that was an all-timer for me. Oh, we got the big showdown. Is that next Friday? What an odd day to have a game. Kansas and Illinois. The fighting Zetter- Danny Zetterman's taking on ILL on a Friday night in Lawrence. Will Bill Self be there? Has to be, right? Should be. Yeah, why wouldn't he There's be? two teams right there. How about Illinois going to Kansas? That's bold. Yeah, that is like a. I mean, they have their their little rivalry with Mizzou, and now they're they're branching out to Kansas. If if uh, if Daniels is good to go, like actually good to go this season, what's the ceiling for Kansas? They could be like fourth in the Big Twelve. They were five and zero oh with Daniels before they lost seven straight to end the year. They could go like fourth in the Big Twelve, maybe push third. You really think they could go that high? This is all credit to Zetterman here, but like verse at home against Illinois schedule at home against Illinois. Is that a win or a loss? Illinois lost a lot. They're, they are bringing back some good pieces. I don't but think they're good. Like I wouldn't hate you if you said a I, win. at home Friday night. Yeah, Let's sure. say win at Nevada. Win Nevada's mm-hmm. Nevada's not yeah. real uh, home against BYU. Welcome to the big 12 L. For BYU? L for BYU, yeah. Win for Kansas. At Texas, tattoo that one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Home against UCF. Another welcome to the Big 12 moment. Honestly, a pretty soft schedule for for Kansas this year. I'm looking through it right now. What was their win total? I didn't see it. Was it six and a half? Seven and a half? No, six and a half, I think it was. At Oklahoma State's a tough game. That'll be tough. Home against Oklahoma. Uh, Venables is putting that one on you. Well, that could be the, like, the, the, all right, we're a legit program. Like we are, the, like we are a program. College game day, Kansas and Oklahoma. I don't think I think Kansas is one of the few Power Fives that has yet to host game day. Unless did they have it one time last year? No, I'm trying to remember. There was they, a big fight about whether or not they should have when it was five and zero Kansas against five and zero TCU, <laughs> and it was a big debate about whether or not that should be college game day. And I can't remember where it went, but it was not Lawrence. Yeah, but they are one of, I think the, they're one of like three or four programs that's never, Power 5 programs that's never had game day. They could get it this year because of what happened last year, and they have to be good if again. If you start, uh, what is that, 4-0, and I'd have to look at what the rest of the slate looks like, but, at, oh, well, you wouldn't be home for that um, against Texas. So Yeah, at Texas, is, yeah. that's tough. Oklahoma coming to your house, they'll stop you. Kansas State probably will stop you. Texas Tech, I have no idea. But you've got Oklahoma and Kansas State at home. If you can split those, like... 
I'm trying to look at a win total because now I am getting a little interested in the Kansas over. How about that, Zetterman? You said we wouldn't talk Kansas on this show. There you go. There's your there's your Kansas chunk. We gave you more than a minute there. All right. Six juiced minus one sixty five to the over. No, thank you. <laughs> I'm good. Can you get an alternate? Uh, what am I going to go for? Seven, eight wins here. What am I nuts? You could eight wins out of this Kansas team. How much team? do you believe in Kansas? All right, not that much. Um, okay. So last week we we gave you our four playoff picks, but we did not give you the the full bracket shakedown there. Um, all right, so just refresh the people. Who were your four teams that you have going to the playoff? And and if you need to pivot off of one of them, go for it. I had Ohio State. Mm-hmm. I had Florida State. I had LSU, and I had USC. And this seems like the perfect time to pivot off of USC and maybe toss in Oklahoma, who I think wins the Big 12. I'm not going to do that. Maybe Georgia, who could be a one-loss conference title loser and just get in on name brand. Yeah. Uh, But I'm going to stick with what I I had. I'm going to go Ohio State, Florida State, LSU, USC. All right. I had Michigan, Georgia, Florida State, and LSU. If I had to pick it out here, I would go... LSU as the four seed takes down the one seed Michigan. I would have Florida State taking down Georgia. So oh I've got three and God. four. And the week one rematch. And the week one rematch, I have LSU over Florida State. I've got the week one rematch in the semifinal. Okay. So I would do... Man, I really am all about the Seminoles. I would go Florida State over LSU in the semifinal game. Okay. And I would take Ohio State over uh, USC in the semifinal. And that's, I, I split here. But I'd probably go Florida State over Ohio State. All right, so that, there's your champion. Well, what odds are you getting on uh, Florida State to win it all? Because I know you placed. You uh, definitely placed. 25 to 1. 25 to 1. All right, I like that. I like the sound of that. All right. I mean, if that hits, man, uh, boy. <laughs> Lunch on Shea. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um. All right, any last thing that you need to, to get into here before we, we get um, ready for our first live show? 10 to 11 a.m. this Saturday. No, can I tell CJ Harris to fuck himself again? Go for it. Thanks a lot. Jesus Christ. The maple fucking missile. This guy moving the ball up and down the field for Ohio. And this asshole, CJ Harris. I mean, that is welcome to college football. Quarterback dies three plays into the game. After all-time moment, though, the center, number 69, Parker Titsworth, snapping the ball to the maple missile. I mean, that was outstanding television. (laughs) That was outstanding. That is a real name, by the way. Whatever, the, whoever the coach at Ohio is, you are a fucking moron, and you have a chance to win the MAC. Forget about it, because if you're gonna throw the ball fifty times with this loser, best of luck. All right, that is gonna do it for us. We will be back on Saturday, ten to eleven a.m. on ESPN One Thousand, talking all things college football, getting you ready for Week One of the college football season. That's all coming up. This podcast of Chicago's College Tailgate brought to you by Twin Peaks. We'll talk to you Saturday.